You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we are joined by another wonderful guest. I'm loving all of these guest interviews, guys. Uh, Today, we're joined by Abby Higney, and she is going to talk to us about a topic that I think we all need to know more about. I know all of my clients have uh, issues with this in some way or another, and I myself still do, even though I've been working on it for quite some time. Uh, we're going to talk about prioritizing yourself. Yes, I know. It's a thing you can do. <laughs> um, Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. So I want to just start with telling us a little bit about yourself. So um, did you have a career? in corporate and if so tell us a little bit about that and then how did you get into what you're doing now yeah so i had a career in both corporate the corporate world and the nonprofit world i was in global account management for 15 years mm-hmm. and about 10 years into that i found health coaching myself and it was like the biggest light bulb shown above me, like the spark lit, like, oh my gosh, this is what I meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the first time, I think ever in my life, I'm a very indecisive person. You go out to dinner with me, I'm going to ask you what you're having and what the waiter recommends. And I still probably can't make a decision, but I made a decision so quickly that this is what I needed to do. And I got certified And I started coaching part-time while still working full-time in my business or in my career while raising two kids during a global pandemic. Um, And then it's just kind of spiraled from there into now a full-time thing. But for 15 years, I was in the hustle of the for-profit, the nonprofit world, Um, a lot of travel a lot of, again, I was in the, the global part of it. So late night calls, early morning calls. Um, I was in events for a while. So high pressure situations. Mm. I came out of it on mm. top. Mm. Mm. Well done. <laughs> well done. Not easy to do those late night and early night calls with kids as well, right? Like it's not a great parent lifestyle or probably normally mother, um, main carer lifestyle. What did so? I don't know much about account managers, let alone global account managers. What's the main sort of piece of your role in that space? Yeah, so my main thing I had teams underneath me, but my main role was to be the client focused person, understanding what the clients needed, what was going on with them, how we could deliver it to them, what challenges they were facing out on the outside, but also with the services that we were providing and really trying to bridge that gap between what they needed and what we had to offer. And also what we were meant to deliver and maybe what wasn't being delivered and um, you know how the team was responding, a lot of personality <laughs> management too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of all the nuts, nuts and bolts of delivery, I guess, externally, but also internally. 
Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. It's interesting when you describe that, it sounds very much like coaching. It's like, yes, the problem. <laughs> and let's get us to a solution um, together, working with personalities. And um, often mm-hmm. what we think of as a um, system type problem actually comes down mm-hmm. to an inner world type problem. And I'm sure it's the same in corporate. It's just more well hidden. Yes. Oh, and I love that. Like, oh, it's like coaching. It's like, there's always a problem at hand and we can spend so much time focused on that problem. And that was, that tended to be what my clients did, right? Like we have this problem and oh my gosh, and what are we? And it was like, okay, let's take a step back and what's actually happening here. And let's just get to a solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. That's cool. I love I love seeing the, the synergies between what we do in a career and what we end up being really passionate about and how we can, like, what are they transferable skills that we bring to things we don't, yeah. you know, don't necessarily realize. Okay. So I want to talk about prioritizing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think the first question that comes up to me, because we are notoriously bad as at doing so as women in particular, right? So I think we need to start with why should we do this? Like not the what's in it for me, because it seems clear that it there's a what's in it for me. But if we have a really clear why, then it helps us to do it, right? So so why should we prioritize ourselves? Yeah. Um, and I think the what you said, like, okay, we know it's good for us. That doesn't mean that we do it, right? Mm. We know it's important. That doesn't mean that we do it. Mm. What really changed for me in terms of this, because there was a period of my life that I didn't take care of myself. And even if that meant like going out with friends, right? Like I didn't allow myself to do that because I had kids at home and I had a baby and I was, you know, breastfeeding and I couldn't do that and do this at the same time. And I got in my head about how everything else needed me that I became not important. But what I realized was when I didn't take care of me, everything else suffered in a way that I didn't even recognize. And so seeing it as we are the number one asset of our families, as moms, um, as the woman on the household, we are looked at to handle a, a lot of things, right? And even the same thing in leadership, right? We are the number one assets of our team. Like for me, I was the number one asset for my client because I was their go-to. I was the number one asset for my team because I was their go-to if they had a problem, right? And I was their mentor and I had to be the one. We are the number one assets of our own lives. And what we typically do with a number one asset is we protect it. We go out of our way to protect it, to make sure it's well taken care of, that it's functioning properly, that it has everything that it needs. And yet we don't see ourselves as that number one asset. We see everything around us as more important than ourselves. But when we aren't taking care of ourselves, they're not being taken care of either. We show up. I know for me, if I don't take care of myself, I show up snippy to my kids, very short tempered with my husband. I show up stressed at work. It just has this negative ripple on our effect uh, effect on our lives. But when I realized like, wait a minute, I'm needed, right? Like I know that I'm needed, but I'm really needed. And that means that I have to protect myself. And that just took it out of, okay, it's important for me, 
but even more so it's important for my kids. It's Mm -hmm. important for my relationships. It's important for me to show up and be productive at work is I have to actually come first or I have to play a role in there. When I say come first, I don't mean you have to come first, like first thing in the day before everybody, but you have to be a part of that. You have to feel taken care of. Yeah. I love that. I I think it's a, an interesting, um, sort of phenomenon where as women we will do things more for others than we will for ourselves and so often we do need to shift our thinking to say well why am I going to take care of myself for others and yet that's exactly like that's I guess half of the reason the other half is well because also we deserve to be taking care of ourselves right but for our brains I think it works really well to say well actually you need to take care of yourself because that does take care of others. Um, So yeah, I love that. Uh, I think I I heard something recently where, and and I guess this goes to my um, ethos of role modeling and how, you know, if your children are growing up seeing you put everybody else first, then they think that's what they need to do as well. Mm -hmm. And so looking at, do I want for my daughter or my son for them to grow up and not putting themselves first, not looking after themselves. And if you wow. can't say yes to that, then stop role modeling that for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about that a lot, right. In terms of kids, especially, I think we can so often be like, my kids need me here. My kids need me for this. My kids need me for that. I don't have time for myself because my kids need me. And I like, to change my thinking. I work on my my thoughts a yeah. lot. I, I really struggled with a lot of negative thoughts about my body and food and all of that stuff for a long period of my life. So now I like to question things and play around with it. Mm-hmm. But I like to think with my kids, like they actually need to see me exercising. They need to see me going out with my friends. They need they need to see all of these things and they want to see all of these things because that's how they learn. Like exactly like what you said, like if we're not modeling these things, they're not gonna pick it up or they're gonna pick up the wrong things. But just to think like they need to see me working out. They want to see me working out. And what happens a lot of the times are like my, you know, my daughter's five, my son is nine, but they'll be there and they'll like get the other mat out and they'll grab the weights and then, or the, my son's like, can we go for a run? Right. And like, now we ride our bikes everywhere and it just becomes a part of who we are as a family and as individuals. And it's something fun to do together. And I think that's a really important thing for us to think about when we think about taking care of ourselves, that doesn't always mean we have to be alone. Mm. Right. Like I get up early in the morning. I get up about five o'clock in the morning to work out because I like to start my day that way. Mm. I like to have that time for myself. Eight times out of 10, my kids are there, right? My daughter wakes up early and she's there and she comes down and she's either playing or laying on the couch. It's not necessarily alone time, but it's my time. And everybody in the family knows that is my time and they don't bother me or they don't, you know, make me stop in terms of they'll talk to me and stuff, but it's still my time. And that's okay. It's okay that they're there. It's okay that they're seeing it. I don't have to be by myself to take care of me. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good um, call out. I think I think we do feel like self care means alone, and so uh, you, you're absolutely right. It doesn't. It can, and that's fine yeah. as well. Yes, uh, but- I mean, great. I love alone time. <laughs> but as a mom. Alone time's not always there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's a really good call to why we should be prioritizing our self-care and, and looking after ourselves. So the next question that comes up for me is why don't we? Yeah. I Okay, so I talk about it in terms of we have an inner mean girl, inner dialogue. Somebody um, yesterday was like, oh, yeah, it's like a judge in your head, right? Like just constantly judging you. We all have this voice inside of our head that's telling us your kids need you, work needs you. You got to get that last email out. You've got to work on this project. You need another couple hours. Whatever that voice is telling you, it's probably been telling you the same stories over and over again. And when we listen to those stories, when we listen to that inner mean girl, we believe what she's saying. We think, oh yeah, she's right. I do need to send that other email. I do need to get back to this project. I can't wait until tomorrow. My kids do need me. And so that just automatically puts us on the back burner because it's telling us everything else is more important. And we just have to get very curious about, wait a minute. What is this voice? Well, first of all, we have to be aware of that voice, right? Because for a long time, I didn't even like, I knew it was there, but I didn't even really hear it. It was just my autopilot. Mm. Really being able to pull yourself back and be like, okay, do I really need to get this email out today? Like, are the world, like, is it going to become crashing down? The wall's going to collapse in if I don't send this email out today, if I don't clean the house today, if I don't take the kids out to the park today? Is it going to fall apart? And what really is more important to me? Um, So I think that's the overarching thing. I also think that we set expectations for ourselves of what taking care of ourselves needs to look like. And if it doesn't fit, like if our expectations don't fit within our day or within our week, we just throw in the towel and we just don't even try to figure it out, right? It's like, here's the problem and the problem's too big. We don't look for the solution to it. So it's like the inner voice and the expectations. And when they are colliding, we just spin out and we do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is It is interesting when you first start hearing that inner voice um, and, and catching that, oh, that's not necessarily me. That's the thoughts that are going around, but I... I'm actually in control of those so I can shift them. Um, And then realizing how, how detrimental they've been for so long, how we talk to ourselves in a way that we would never talk to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, I think that idea of looking at your children and sort of going, the things I'm saying to myself, would I be saying that to my kids? Yeah. If I if the answer is no, then again, like, why am I saying it to myself? It's not okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even to say what's in your head out loud, like for me, when this really like came up for me, I wrote it all down and it was just like stream of thought. And I'm like, I'm getting it out of my head. I'm just going to write this down without any thought or judgment about it. And then you're like, wait a minute, 
what am I talking about? It, it actually sounds ridiculous when you get it out of your head and you're like, this sounds so silly. Like, why do I believe this? <laughs> but we do, we yeah. believe it all of the time. And I was just talking about this today in terms of like comparing ourselves to others. And when we look at what we're doing and then we're, we like, check ourselves by comparing ourselves to somebody else. So let me just go over here and look at this person and see what they're doing and see if I'm doing it right. And if I'm on track, I'm like, how silly is that? That we take this person who has a different body and a different makeup and a different lifestyle and a different career and all of the different things. And we're, we use that to determine whether we're doing it quote unquote, right. Or yeah. we're on quote unquote track. And I'm like, that alone sounds so silly. And yet we do it in so many aspects of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think even in that, right, we've sort of learned on social media that what we see of other people is their best side and what mm-hmm. we see of ourselves is our worst side. And so we're comparing this somebody else's best side to our worst side. No wonder we come up short. Like it's not possible to come up anything but. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, it sounds so silly when you actually like think about or like not even think about it, right? When you talk about it or write about it, you're like, wait a minute, why would I ever compare their best day to my worst day? We are weird. Humans are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we, we know why we, we know why we don't. So how do we, how do we get past all of this, you know, negative self-talk, um, to make sure that we're taking care of the the number one asset in our families and our teams, um, whether we're in a leadership role or not, right? We're still bringing our number one self into that environment if we're taking care of ourselves. So how do we start to prioritize that? And I think adding, you know, extra onto that for me is how do we start to prioritize it so that it sticks? Because mm. it's easy to go, no, I'm changing my life. I'm going to walk, run, cycle every day mm-hmm. from now on. And we do it once, maybe twice, and then we head back into our voices inside of our head. So, yeah, I'd love to hear how we prioritize it and how do we prioritize it to make it stick. Yeah, and I think you hit it on the head of, like, we try to do too much. We try to do too much in too short of a time. We put these timelines which have absolutely no merit. Like we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this without any evidence or reason behind why we're going to do this in this amount of time. And then we automatically think that it's not working. We can't do it. We failed when it just doesn't happen. Then you're like, wait a minute. I set a timeline that had nothing, no bearing to it. And now I'm going to judge myself for it. So really scaling yourself back. And I really think we need to look at just our day, like the day in front of you. And if you are a weekly planner, look at your week in front of you, but even just your day and allow yourself to just answer the question honestly and without judgment, what can I do today? What can I do for myself today? And some days you may be able to get in something that you wouldn't have done before. Maybe you get in a half an hour outside walking around, or maybe you get to the gym, or maybe you're like, oh, I have time to make a home cooked meal today. Or you know what? I have the day off. So I'm going to go and get a massage. That may look very different. It may also look like, you know what? Today is really busy. I'm just not going to judge myself 
for being busy today. I'm just not going to stress about the to-do list and I'm going to take it one step at a time, right? Sometimes what we decide not to do is that self-care, is putting ourselves first, but really looking at what can I do with the time available to me today? And that's it. Allow that to be enough. And I would say that is the second part, like allow it to be enough, make the conscious decision you're going to do something for you today, even if that is, I'm going to be okay with not being able to do something today. And that's okay for today. That's enough for me today. And tomorrow I'm going to start again. I'm going to look at this again and I'm going to try to take one step, but taking that one step is just going to build evidence of what you can do. So when you think your day is really busy, you're like, oh, but I have 20 minutes at lunch and I'm going to get outside. I'm just going to get outside and enjoy nature. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to have coffee with a coworker. I'm going to, you know, really put my phone away and be present with my kids. Like what is the thing that on the other side is going to make you feel better? Yeah. So how do we, how do we know that? Like, how do we, um, I know, because often you get to the moment, right? You have, you're like, oh, wait, there's five minutes here or there's 10 minutes here. And you can think, ah, oh, I might just go and sit in the sun and soak up the sun for a little while, especially if it's in the middle of winter, <laughs> which it has been here in Australia. And it's been, you know, I've loved sitting out on our deck, just soaking up the sun, listening to the birds, listening to some kids in the playground, just being really present, I guess, in that moment. And then I can just as easily go, oh, I've got five minutes. Let me scroll Facebook, TikTok, whatever happens to be the flavor of the month, how do we help ourselves make that choice that is best for us and our family and not based on the addiction of whatever it is that we're addicted to? Yeah. So I think I'm a big proponent of deciding things in advance, right? And you can do this as you're listening to this podcast. You can do it as soon as it's done. Like, what are things that make you feel really good, right? Like, is it, I I like to journal. I like to go for a walk. Like, write down all of the things that you know to be true uh, that make you feel good. You can also do that on the flip side. What do you know that you waste time doing, right? Like when I scroll social media, that is a waste of my time. I don't feel good when I do it. I get into this judgment, whatever that may be for you. Or I know when I'm shopping online, like I'm avoiding something else. Like what are those things that don't make you feel good that are more of your default actions, right? Because if they are an autopilot thing for you and you don't bring awareness to them, you're going to go back to doing them, but deciding in advance, like, okay, these are the things that don't make me feel good. I don't want to spend my precious time. If I have five minutes to myself, I don't want to be on social media. Okay. So then when you pick up your phone, it's just going to be, it's like a little like bing, right? <laughs> like it's like a little notification of like, hold up. Something is happening. That's not supposed to happen right now. It just brings like a slight awareness to you that allows you to just slow down and check in. And then it's about making that conscious choice. And I think when we allow ourselves to slow down and show up and make conscious decisions about what we're doing, it gets easier as we do it. 
right? It's hard at first. Mm. It's not going to feel easy. Mm. I always say it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Because we're on this autopilot. We make all these decisions that don't feel good, that waste our time. And so it is work to pull ourselves back. It's simple and we can do it, but it is going to be work at first. And the more we do it, the more we realize, okay, I've got five minutes. I know I can get this stuff done and this is going to make me feel good. Or I've got 20 minutes today and this is what I like to do with 20 minutes. So it's a little bit of trial and error. You know, I, I like to, when I set goals with my clients, we always talk about it as like an experiment. Like, yeah, maybe it'll work and maybe it won't work. But what we're not going to do is look at the things that didn't work and feel like a failure and just completely stop. Yeah. It's about looking at it without that judgment, having compassion for what your day looks like like, okay, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do differently next time? Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm so big on experimentation and iteration. <laughs> like what worked, wow. what It's not a failure. It's a lesson, right? So it's all about mm-hmm. what worked, what didn't work and what can I slightly change for the next time, see if that works or doesn't work. So yes. yeah, I love that approach. Um, I also really love the idea of taking those things that, um, you know, we can easily get addicted to. So social media is clearly a winner in that space and really mm-hmm. writing down what it is doing to us, both positive mm-hmm. and negative. Cause I think, you know, there's probably some negative stuff in there, but most uh, positive stuff, but most of it is negative. And I think getting really clear on what that is, because I think it's so mindless that we don't think about it, but the idea that we are, on their judging and getting angry at something or other, something's triggering us. Like it's mm-hmm. not particularly healthy. And yet we, we just seem to discount that so often. So I think, yeah, sitting down and writing that list about what are the the downsides of that and the upsides, the joy that you're going to have from doing the things that are for you, that are genuinely self-care. Um, I, yeah. I can see that being really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like, how can you use it to benefit you? And what about it doesn't benefit you? And what are you just not going to use it for? Like, you know, I mean, we all see these feeds and it's like people like comment after comment, arguing back and forth with each other. And I'm like, I just have time for that. Like how people have time to argue with strangers on the internet is beyond me. But that is just... I just don't, I don't even choose to like read those. Like I'm not getting sucked into that, but that's a conscious choice that I have made. And like every once in a while I see something and I'm like, oh, let me read more. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why are you doing this? But it's because I know, like, I don't want to do that. Like I've made that decision. Like that is not what I use social media for. That is not how I want to see the internet in front of me. It's, it's too available to me. I want to use it in a way that benefits me, benefits my life, benefits my family, not in any way that is going to bring me down. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I I do the exact same thing. I haven't read the comments for ages, but every now and then I slip into one and I'm like, why did you do that? Get out of there right away. It's it's just not a pleasant place to play at all. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, that is amazing. I love that. I think that really gives some our listeners something to do right away. Uh, and then that decide in advance. I use that a lot as well. The DIA method is, is you know, decide in advance what the things are that you can do. And that makes the decision in the moment much easier rather than trying to both get your brain to work on what it is you could do and then actually do it. 
if you've got that list ready, then all you've got to decide is to do it. So uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And I love that. Like for anything, like look at your week in advance, if that works for you and decide like, what am I going to do? What do I have time for these days? And, you know, even if it comes to like, what am I going to have for dinner? Like just get those decisions out of your head, like in advance. And then you don't have to stress about it. We spend so much time worrying and stressing about it and cutting ourselves short. We just decide in advance and take care of it. And then you're done. It's yes. like, yeah, I know what I'm having for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, be like Steve Jobs and wear the black turtleneck every single day. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> just decide, yeah. decide to make your life simpler. So then when you do have um, you know, the difficult things to do, you've still got the energy and the brain power to do them. Yeah. Um, amazing. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions for us to finish on. The first is, what do you know now that you wish you had known earlier? <laughs> uh, well, we kind of, we talked about this a little bit, but that my thoughts are not factual. It, I mean, it is astounding how long it took me to realize that in life. But I also know that there's so many people that still don't realize that. But the stories we tell ourselves they're not the facts of the world. And just like you said, we can change them. We have control over them. We can change our thoughts. If you are thinking anything about your life, your body, your health, your partner, whatever it is, you can change the way that you think about them. And it really will change your life. Right. And it doesn't even have to be like a positive thing. Like you can just choose to accept your body. And you don't have to love it. You don't have to hate it, though. Like, I always say, like, I just chose to stop hating myself. And then that has that has grown into love over time. But it didn't start out that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, yeah, it's a, it's one of those things, I think, that um, you've once you understand it, you then, I don't know, I make this assumption now that everybody knows it and is able to do it because I've been doing it for so long. And I... I have to constantly remind myself that actually a very small percentage of the population understands this. And so, um, you know, sharing that knowledge with others is really important because it is literally life-changing to realize that your thoughts are not you. Um, yeah. so and even if you're not ready to change them, just get curious about what you are, what you are thinking, what story or narrative you are telling yourself, just get curious about it and explore it and you don't have to change it. Like if you're not quite there yet, just, just get curious, understand what it is. Yeah. There's a, um, speaking of social media, <laughs> there's a uh, um, guy on TikTok. I think it was that does this, um, he called it a mind shifting technique or something. And he says, ask yourself the question in your head. Um, I wonder what my next thought is going to be. Mm. and when you ask that question he doesn't tell you what's going to happen um and this is one time that I did go into the comments because I I was like I did it and I'm like wait there's nothing my <laughs> mind's not thinking of anything like not not even what's the question what's the question like there was blankness for the first time in so long in my mind it was so amazing I was like, this is incredible. So I, I had to check the comments that I wasn't like weird. <laughs> and everybody was like, there's nothing there. I don't, I'm not. It's risen. so funny. It was so amazing. So try that. Um, okay. And 
what is your leadership mantra? So, you know, we all are self-leaders, whether we are leading a team or not. Um, and I know you have, but right now not. Uh, but we have that thing that we say over and over again that kind of keeps us on that self-leadership track. So what is your leadership mantra? Yeah, so I would say that it is related to, again, what we've talked about, that this the discomfort of doing this thing, this new thing, or, you know, again, like I get up early in the morning and it's always my thought, the discomfort of doing this right now is short term. Me not doing it is the longer term discomfort. And when I remember that, it's like, oh yeah, on the other side of this, I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to have the energy. I'm going to be more focused. I'm going to be less stressed. This discomfort is worth what I gain versus if I don't do this, I'm just prolonging discomfort for God knows how long. So that not so much a mantra, but what I come back to. Yeah, no, I love that. It's kind of, it's similar to that. Um, life is, life is hard. Choose your hardness, right? It's like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's either difficult now or it's difficult later. You get to to yeah. make that choice. Yeah. 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 And we're always choosing, yes. right? I think sometimes we think like uh, me not doing something, like I'm just I'm not choosing. This is just the way it is. But I'm like, no, you're still choosing. You're just choosing to not do something. Right. So choose, you know, it's like the the old books. At least we had them here in the States. Like choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not making a choice is a choice for the status quo. So you have made a choice every time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Abby, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, I know you have a a gift that you're wanting to offer our listeners. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So I have um, a free five-day smoothie guide. And these are all smoothies that I have created. I I actually created them when I was still working full-time. I had a baby and a three-year-old. And so I was running all over the place and realizing I would get to work and be starving and then have no time to eat. So I created these smoothie recipes to fill me up and keep my energy up and to give my body what it needed when I could be on the go. So I used to run it as a program um, for my clients. And then it got to a point where people kept wanting the program and I'm like, I'm just going to put it in a guide. (laughs) I'm going to send it to you and you can do it. So I have that guide. It's five smoothie recipes. They're all plant-based recipes filled with all of the things that our body needs. So I want to offer that to you because I know that your audience are very hardworking women. And this may just take a little bit of the stress and the overwhelm out of their day and be able to keep their bellies full and their energy up. So I have that for everybody. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Uh, So where can our listeners connect with you? What's the best place to find you if they want to know more? Yes, I'm most active on Instagram. My handle is wellness with Abby H. Um, Sharing lots of mindset, healthy tips for you. Never telling you what to do, but giving you the inspiration to decide what the next best thing for you is. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. I will pop the link to the smoothie guide and Insta in the show notes. So if you are listening, you can head on to the show notes, click on those links and find Abby and a week's worth of smoothies, which sounds amazing. Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I had a great time. Thanks for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. 
If you want to continue the conversation about today's topic or anything to do with being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. You'll find the link to join in the show notes as well as the links to connect with today's wonderful guest. If you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could share it with others. And of course, if you've been listening to podcasts for any amount of time, you'll know that rating the show and leaving a review helps others to find the show. And I would really appreciate that. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.